what it is in here. It's stuffy <laughs> and gross. Um, there, so the house behind us and to the right, and then the house two houses down uh-huh. from us have kids, uh-huh. and they are all like in like playing some epic summer games yeah and there's like a bunch of barbecues happening right now and it's just like oh it was so cool to see like these kids are just like sprinting around and they're like yelling doing their summer kid shenanigans i was like this is so cool we gotta do um so our other friends that live really close to us apparently we can i like didn't know this was a thing but you could like do a block party kind of thing in your neighborhood where you, you like do it through the city or something and you can like shut off parts of your street Oh, that's with, cool. With, like, you know, road close signs or whatever. And yeah, then, like, yeah. you can do, like, a little party in the street. So we should, like, do that sometime. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, Robert and I were talking yesterday about how we want to bake or, like, make a huge batch of lumpia and then, like, Ooh. go to our neighbors and be like, hi, like, we're the new neighbors and we just want to say hello and be friendly. That's really cute. Doesn't it work, <laughs> usually work the other way around where people bring the new neighbor or something? I think so. <laughs> but like our last house, we were so like, I don't know. It just makes me very anxious to like say hello. I feel like <laughs> when you moved into your last house, your neighbors were like weirdly overly friendly. Yeah, just to Robert and Joe, because, like, none of them introduced themselves to me. Weird. So it felt kind of like they were like, oh, hello, Browns. And not (laughs) another white girl. Oh, geez. (laughs) They're trying to, like, overcompensate for their own. It did feel a little bit like that sometimes. Leave it it to Portland. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't want to put that fully on them, but I do kind of want to be like, maybe they just didn't like you. Maybe they didn't, which I is mean, totally fine, because I kind of walk around with, like, resting bitch face. So. Imp- no, impossible. How could anyone not like you? You're, like, one of the most likable people that I know, seriously. I feel like people either, like, like me or they fucking hate me. Like, there's not a mid, mid-range really? with oh. me. Oh, okay. And maybe, I, like, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like people are either like, yeah, you're really great, or, like, others are like, you're the worst person oh. I've ever met. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say that, so... <laughs> But everyone I know likes you, so we're all, we're all biased <laughs> in a good way. Sweet. I'll take it. <laughs> okay. I think we should be good now. Probably. Yeah, I think so. We. It says three minutes and 35 seconds. We'll see when it comes time to edit if our <laughs> SD card has royally screwed us. <laughs> Technology. <laughs> um, hello, and welcome to the Tiny Shed Book Club, where we host a book club for people who don't actually want to go to a book club and i'm tia and men suck oh yeah (laughs) yeah that's like the main theme for the next few weeks i think i think so maybe for a while in america yeah Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) well i'm chandler and completely unrelated to the book uh i hope we can't hear my neighbors tonight (laughs) oh (laughs) Bring on I'm just, the snorts. I'm very self-conscious because we never record in the afternoon slash evening. Mm-hmm. And I have neighbors on one, 
two, like three, basically I'm surrounded by children, which is great. By summer kids, but summer kids are loud. Yeah. And one of them has like a trampoline and they always have friends over and they're like bouncing around and yelling and which is like, sounds fun and amazing, but I'm like, oh God, is this going to completely like, (laughs) and as you know, we're in a tiny shed. (laughs) You can hear lots of things happening. And it's also one time there was a plane. (laughs) I know. I'm like, the plane is probably so far away yet. You can hear this. So anyways, I'm very self-conscious. Hopefully, hopefully nothing really noisy happens. And if it does, we're just going to have to deal with it, I guess. Yeah, or we'll come back uh, tomorrow. But you guys won't know that. Close your ears. I'm really good at editing, so you'll never know. Right? She's, you you wouldn't even know that I burp. No. If we didn't tell you. That's how good Chandler is. (laughs) Yeah, and I edited out that snort. What snort? I didn't snort at all. There was none. It didn't happen. I just am like, bring on the snorts because (laughs) of other reasons <laughs> because you you really felt one coming on yeah mm-hmm, exactly See? Right, we're, we're, we're waiting for it yeah <laughs> but this is the first episode of our third book of the tiny shed book club which is when women were dragons by kelly barnhill which is a uh chandler pick i know and i am so pleased mm-hmm. so so pleased i feel like i had a lot of coming up to do from my last pick you know, my i think last we pick. both need a redemption arc so you better bet your next book better be like <laughs> can you imagine if it sucks <laughs> honestly it's gonna be a bummer <laughs> aaron, aaron what did he say he was he it was before we were reading this book and mm-hmm. before we kind of you know, had feelings about it. He was like, I kind of hope this book sucks too. And I was like, why? Why would you wish that on us? And he's like, well, it's really funny when you guys roast (laughs) things about a book. And I was like, I I want to read a good book, babe. You know, (laughs) it's like, I know, but like, it'll be boring. Don't you put that on us, man. Come on. (laughs) Want to read good books. So I want to read some good freaking books. And I think this is a good freaking book. Mm Hmm. Yes. So excited to talk about it. We're both just uh, wiggling in our seats. You yeah. can't see us can't because contain ourselves. <laughs> we forget sometimes that podcasting is a Audio. auditory medium, <laughs> audio-only experience, <laughs> not a visual one. Thank goodness for that. Though. We are good at podcasting. <laughs> one of these days, that'll we'll be there. true. <laughs> so we read chapters one up to eighteen, uh-huh. which was pages. Some start of the book to page one sixteen. Cool. Yeah, one sixteen. Fantastic. So uh, we want to do a rundown of the summary thus far. Yeah, let's do it. Go for it. Okay, and I'll ch- I'll chimicham in. Okay, so kind of peppered throughout this book are like excerpts mm-hmm. from most of them are from some dude last name Gantz. Um, uh-huh. and he's like scientist guy and clearly the government doesn't love him and he's doing science on dragoning stuff. Yeah. Um, anyways, I'm just giving a preview of that because I feel like that is, those excerpts come in at not odd times, but kind of like interrupt the story a little bit. So yeah. if I like take a veer left to like talk about an excerpt, it's just cause that's when it happened in the books. But, mm-hmm. um, so this story starts with our girl Alex, um, Alexandra, but she goes by Alex very clearly, mm-hmm. and nobody uh, calls her by her preferred name except for her aunt Marla, and eventually Bia, 
because Bea. it's a Beatrice. Beatrice. So I've figured that out. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex has um, her her parents, mm-hmm. and we first meet her when she's like super young. She's like a toddler, like four-ish years old, mm-hmm. and she t- kind of regales her first experience with a dragon. Um, she's talking about her neighbor, who's this like little old Polish lady who uh-huh. I just dream of being this little old Polish lady, except I'm not Polish. <laughs> yeah. But she's like always like putzing around in her garden and she's got like chickens and stuff. And she's always giving Alex like presents and cookies and things. Um, mm-hmm. And one day Alex goes into her garden and finds a dragon. And this dragon is like looking at herself, like yeah. discovering herself being like, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Um, and sh- the dragon acknowledges Alex and like takes flight and leaves. And it's very clear that it was the neighbor who uh-huh. um, who had dragoned. And uh, suspiciously, her husband disappears too. <gasps> <laughs> Um, and I have a little quote from the book. It says, uh, this is from Alex. I was four years old when I first saw a dragon. I was four years old when I first learned to be silent about dragons. And I think that really sets the tone for uh-huh. like literally the whole beginning of this book because it's like all about these women turning into dragons and everyone just sweeps it under the rug and yeah. refuses to acknowledge that it happened and then kind of I guess the right word is maybe like kind of gaslighty I don't know yeah um, I I wrote down that that's a major theme of this book is um silence and the pain of silence and the damage that silence does I have a good quote I'm trying to flip to it um uh it rem- like on page 46 which is much after this but it just highlights that like the pain of silence that like it remained unmentionable and therefore unclassifiable, which meant I had to carry it every day, no matter how much it hurt. Yeah. And yeah, I think you're right that like silence throughout this, at least this first part. And I'm assuming probably the rest of it is a big theme is that like, as she said, like at four years old, I saw a dragon and at four years old, I learned I'm not allowed to talk about this mm-hmm. and as we go through the chapters we start to see how little she's allowed to talk about yeah because so she has her neighbor and she talks about how her first memories are with her like aunt marla taking care of um her mom who her mom is gone for like a while and mm-hmm. nobody talks about why yeah and then the mom comes back and nobody talks about why. Yep. And her mom is like scarred and looks very frail and small um, and just looks very, very sick. Mm-hmm. And Aunt Marla is taking care of Alex and the house and um, Alex's mom. Um, does Alex's mom even have a name? I was trying to remember. And I think she's just referred to as her mother, but I don't remember. Um, at some point, they do mention the name but it's literally like once or twice it's not they just kind of because it's from alex's point of view i think she just calls her mom most of the time but you there is a name i just don't know what it is it's like jane or something like that i know the last name is green oh okay last name green so don't remember the first name though yeah um so aunt marla is taking care of um alex's mom and 
you know, she's there all the time. And Alex loves her Aunt Marla, but is also kind of resentful of her Aunt Marla, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is kind of a lot of that, like, when you have someone who's so much larger than life, you can both love them and also, like, resent how... You know, Alex is like, well, I want my mom to take care of me. Like, I want my mom to be okay. And Mm -hmm. why is my mom not okay? And you're here. And maybe if you went away, my mom would be my mom again. Right. It's that, like, little kid brain Mm -hmm. of just trying to figure out how does this all fit together? How does this work? Maybe if you're gone, then things will be better. And she can take care of me and she will be better. Exactly. And if you force someone to be silent about something, Mm -hmm. the rate, like the anger builds and you have nowhere else to put it. And and to the only person who actually like communicates with Alex and who respects Alex. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's both love and anger that Alex feels towards Aunt Marla, which I like because I think it like highlights this book does really well like the complicatedness of feelings for oh yeah other people mm-hmm. that like it's not always just like oh i fully love this person it's like sometimes you're like i really just like you make me so angry simultaneously with how much i love you uh, yeah and that's clear too like with her mom and her dad like her relationship with them is like super weird sometimes or mm-hmm. like you'd think that she would like absolutely hate her dad at certain points and she's just kind of like well, I just kind of cover for him and like Mm kind of make up reasons why he's doing this and justify the things that he says or does. And yeah, uh, yeah, just kind of accepts it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, Aunt Marla is a kind of like the Rosie the Riveter kind of. That's exactly how I pictured her. Like she's got the short hair, the like 1950s, like women's pants. She works in a factory um, or like a car shop. Um, auto something or other. Yeah, she used to work on planes during Mm -hmm. the war. Um, So she's this, like, very strong, independent woman who is older than Alex's mom. And it becomes very clear very quickly that she has spent most of her life taking care of and doing everything to um, promote Alex's mom's well-being um, and endeavors. Um, And uh, I feel like also quite quickly um we learned that at least from my perspective that uh alex's dad is a big piece of shit oh he's the worst he's the fucking worst he's like, the absolute worst kind of person there is yeah like the classic like 1950s mm-hmm. like dad that you would imagine like not at all involved in his family kind of absent um really misogynistic um yeah just kind of a a royal douchebag. Yeah, like super hardcore gender roles. Like yeah. he's going to go make the money. He expects everything to be like tidy and clean and dinner to be ready. And um, we get to this later on, but he's always out on like, quote unquote, business trips. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. becomes clear that he's basically cheating on his wife. So. Yeah. And his business, his business trips get longer and longer each right. time. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, uh, you know, the mom starts getting better and better. Um, but you can also see that the mom is starting to resent Aunt Marla mm-hmm. being there. Um, and then the mom and Aunt Marla have this like giant fight um, where the mom is like basically like, if you would just go get married and have a kid, right? Um, everything would be better. Yeah. And so Aunt Marla and the mom have this falling out. Aunt Marla leaves. We don't see her for like two years. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then she comes back married <laughs> yep. to a alcoholic crazy person. Yeah. Just a 
complete asshole. And with baby Beatrice or <gasps> baby Bia. Baby Bia. Who is Alex's like most favorite thing on the planet. Which is the most sweetest thing ever. So cute. I feel like Aunt Marla cares about um, her sister so much mm-hmm. that she like she kind of did that like went and got married to an awful guy like i don't feel like that was really in her character because of how because of the person she was but i feel like she did that just so that she could be in her sister's life again and like repair that relationship that's exactly what i thought too and that she like went out and found the first like guy sort of that could kind of like fulfill the role of like i can get married to you and have a kid yep and then i don't really need you for much Mm -hmm. um and you know, then they slowly start coming back into each other's lives. Um, Alex loves hanging out with Bia. But as we see Marla come back into their life, we start to learn more about Alex's mom. And that Alex's mom is kind of like a mathematical genius. And that she mm-hmm. went to college and was the top math student and like should have got honors and like should have had all these things. But because she was a woman, um, they wouldn't let her have them. Like, they wouldn't give her the honors. They wouldn't say that she was the top student. Right. Um, And then, of course, because the dad is such a raging piece of shit, he was like, it's a giant waste of money sending a girl to school. What? Look what she's doing with it now. Right. Or he's, you know, he's saying things like, you're taking up space for other boys. Yeah. You know, like, like another young man could have had that spot. And, oh, just, oh, the rage. The amount of rage at some of these sentences, because you're reading it and you're like, oh, this book is making me mad. And then you're like, no, this is shit that literal people say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, sometimes you just, you, like, distend belief. And then you remember that, like, everything that she has in here that, like, men are saying to w- women. Yeah. Someone has said before. Yeah. And, like, from my own experience, when I was in uh, undergrad, I was getting my degree in environmental engineering and I think I've told you this story before, um, mm. like sitting with a group of friends, we were like working on homework or something and I was stuck on a problem and you know, I was like, oh man, like this problem is really hard. I'm stuck. Some guy at the table was legitimately said like, oh, it's cause you're a girl. Like I, I have no idea like where that came from. Yeah. And I was just like, I was so shocked that he was just like, it's because you're a girl. Yeah. I'm like, fucking what, excuse what, me? Yeah, like, what year are we in even? Like, what? Like, this was not that long ago. This was, like, probably, like, 2014, 2015, maybe? Yeah. Um, and the funny part is, is this guy, I found out, like, after the fact that he had, like, failed this class before, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> like... I'm struggling with this problem, which I'll eventually get through, but you failed this whole class. and Yeah, and you th- feel like you can say, like, oh, it's because you're a girl. <laughs> I'm sorry your masculinity was hurt when you failed the class, but you don't got to take that out on me, bro. Yeah. So. It's fucking off. Oh, yeah. But, like, that kind of stuff happens, like, you know, as a woman or, like, a woman-presenting person, like, throughout your entire life. Mm-hmm. And this book has so many of those instances where you're just, like, Oh my fucking god! Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna scream. Yep. Um, yes. Uh, so we learned. So the dad is once again a raging piece of shit, um, and the mom is a mathematical genius. Um, and ends up she can't get into like doctoral programs. She can't get somewhere. So mm-hmm. she ends up basically becoming a secretary at a bank, mm-hmm. and she's the secretary for uh, who would eventually become Alex's dad yeah and is now a stay-at-home um 
mom. Yep. And we keep getting these references during this time period to Aunt Marla has like a knot mm-hmm. bracelet the that bracelets. she's constantly fiddling with. Yep. Um, and we learn more about that as we go through this first set. But like Aunt Marla is like constantly fiddling with this bracelet. Yep. Um, there's a lot of like knot imagery. Um, I'm obsessed with that, by I the way. I love it. I love how they like tied together like mathematical equations and knots and Mm -hmm. i don't know like magic and that that is so cool to me it is it is fantastic um and after a while so you know there's kind of like an in-between of like those excerpts of science articles or like historical Mm -hmm. uh backgrounds um and then the dragoning Mm-hmm. actually happens mm-hmm. and um you know thousands upon thousands of women dragon and aunt marla is one who dragons um but what i found fascinating is she's able to delay it she starts to yeah. feel it at the yeah. shop and tells the men mm-hmm. like i gotta go and she like walks home <laughs> and then explodes into a dragon <laughs> And, like, waits for her husband to get home. Yep. Turns into a dragon, kills his ass. Yep. And then flies away. Oh, it's so good. And what? And then um, Alex's mom goes to the house to go get Bia. Um, right. And she goes, what fascinated me is she goes, she grabs Alex and she goes, I will be back. Your mother will be back. And, like, she... Emph- like Kelly Barnhill um, oh. emphasizes, your mother will be back, huh? And okay. I don't know what it's for or like what it's symbolizing from mm-hmm. the mom, but she's like specifically says, your mother will be back. Oh, okay, I didn't catch that. Yeah, it was. I like highlighted mm. it and I was like, oh my gosh. And then she goes back and brings Bia, mm-hmm. and she gets there and she goes, Bia's your sister. Yep. And, and she's like, well, no, she's not. Because, like, Aunt Marla. And she goes, you don't have an Aunt Marla. What are yep. you talking about? Bia is your sister and always has been your sister. Yep. And thus begins the, like, complete denial of there ever being an Aunt Marla or her cousin, Bia. It's, this has always been this way. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Like, just, and I want to, like, reference something. It was from one of the excerpts from mm-hmm. Professor Gantz. He's, like, talking about spontaneous dragoning and... There's a quote, it says, it is my thesis that every mass dragoning in history is followed by a phenomenon that I call the mass forgetting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of like, kind of comes in in two parts. The first part is like the purposeful denial of some people like Alex's mom of being like, no, 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 these people never existed. What are you talking about? Uh-huh. And then the like other part of that is, more political i feel like where it's just like we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen or kind of like glaze over it and not give it the attention that it should have and yeah pretend like everything is a-okay yeah there's a quote in here and i can't remember exactly where it was but it's like it was too feminine um and it was too embarrassing yeah they they oh oh, yeah nope sorry that's that wasn't it it looked it was too shocking it was too embarrassing it was too well feminine that quote yeah and they allude to that a lot about dragoning being like super feminine or hyper feminine Uh and how embarrassing like they are and they go hand in hand Uh uh-huh and then like i think it was in this part of the book at some point um 
and we don't need to get too far into it, but they're like talking about the the girls at her school, like getting their periods and like mm-hmm. having to like go through that by themselves. I think because there's such like shame around it, like no one talks about it. No, then no one tells them how to handle it. No one tells them how to, you know, use a tampon or a pad or whatever. It's just like too embarrassing. It's too feminine. And that's kind of the whole dragoning aspect of this. It's just like, Ooh, that's gross. Like we don't talk about that. Exactly. Yeah. It it's, I think you hit the nail on the head is it's a perfect metaphor for the dragoning. And, um, in that like period thing, the, like the boys get told like exactly what's going on with them, mm-hmm. and then they're allowed to go play, um, while oh, the girls yeah. are supposed to like go and they like do some sort of like home ec shit while the boys are like learning about actual shit, yep. and then when they come in, the boys get to go play and they just get metaphors for mm-hmm. shit. They just mm-hmm. get shown. Oh yeah, things. it was like bio- it was like when the bee and the pollen and the like. It, yeah, yeah, and it here's was- a flower, and like she's like we learned a. Shit ton about a flower and i didn't That's know right. why and it, then they were just like you all get it and they're like well because we were good children we just went okay right and then they were talking about how like even girls who like weren't very close or didn't even like each other would mm-hmm. always ha- carry extra tampons for a girl who didn't and would teach the girls who didn't know mm-hmm. and i just like i feel like a lot of times like women can be really shitty to other women mm-hmm. and can sometimes be even worse um but that there are times where, like, damn, women, yo, like, the way that yeah. we stand up and, like, be there for each other mm-hmm. is pretty impressive and amazing. Totally. Um, so I thought that that was pretty cool when she's going and describing that part about the, the Girls period. that she, like, doesn't even know who are, like, helping her out. And they're like, you're going to have to, like, tell your mom. Like, you're going to have you're gonna have to, you know. Yeah. So yeah, she's going to was... have to buy you stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. Anyway, sorry, that was kind of a tangent or a a jump forward, I guess. But I think that that's kind of how this book goes, is it's Mm -hmm. not, it's kind of similar, like, in, like, meddling kids. Like, it's not very linear. Like, there is a broader plot happening, Mm -hmm. but I don't feel like this book is, like, super linear. Like, it's broken up with, like, reviewing past things. Um, Like, she talks about mass dragoning or, like, what happens when dragoning went down and then she also intersperses it with like historical articles i and love stuff. those historical articles so cool yeah it's lo- oh genius <laughs> agree and actually i guess i wasn't that far off because that's like one of the next things i have written in my notes is like uh, that, that whole like school um them like the boys and the girls like learning about you know basically what sex ed and yeah all, all that stuff um and w- when you were saying when the yeah, it was when the boys were learning their part of it and the girls were like in a home ec class there was uh they made a point of like the girls were working on like some project and then they also had to do like an extra thing of that project for the boys like they made whatever it was like for mm-hmm. themselves and made an extra one for a boy partner in the class i'm just like what yeah it specifically said we were given a boy to work for yeah oh barf <laughs> Uh, it's so oh my god it's so frustrating but so we basically begin the mass forgetting with bia mm-hmm. um all of the articles interspersed are kind of like dr gantz showing like the beginning of the forgetting people are trying to arrest him for researching it um and all this kind of stuff and we kind of sort of sort of start to see alex's um life after um aunt marla disappears yeah uh, or becomes a dragon um and she, we learned that alex is very smart 
Um, mm-hmm. But she doesn't really like school, so she doesn't, like, try very hard. Mm-hmm. But her teachers scold her for being um, making boys feel bad for how smart she is. Yeah, they're like... You need to um, be cognizant of their feelings that you're so like you're you can basically not pay attention or do the classwork and get such a good grade. And it's just hard for these boys to see that. Yeah. (sighs) And the fact that they were like, there's a difference between being smart and showing off. And, like, I remember being, like, made to feel that way. That because Mm -hmm. I did really well in a test or something, like, I was showing off. And I was like, no, I'm just. I'm just, I'm just good at I'm this just thing. Good at this. Why is it a bad thing that I'm good at this thing? Like, shouldn't you be happy for me? Yeah. And yeah. I remember being told, like, my like my mom and my parents, like, never made me feel like, as a girl being smart, like, I needed to feel bad about that. Mm-hmm. But I do remember being told by people, like, boys don't really like... Girls that are smart. Girls that are smart. So you don't want to dumb that down a little bit. Yeah. So you don't yeah. want to, like, show up. Like show off in front of like show off in front of them by being smart. You're like, oh my god, and yeah, it just was like, are you that, fucking kidding that me? That feels so archaic. Like yeah. that, it feels so like 1950s. It does, and I That's remember so being weird. told that in high school, which was like 2005 to 2009, mm-hmm. like it's insane. It's just the things that people are told, like women are told, like it's just fucking flabbergasting. Yeah. It, it, in modern like you want to be like oh that's a 1950s and older thing and but it's it like just, oh no no it kind of just trickles down and conti- because that's like what our parents 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 experience and it just kind of continues for a while yeah it's um, like passed down trauma that like even if you don't want to pass it down to your child you, you like ex- you kind of you kind of do yeah and mm-hmm. i kind of i kind of feel that way about alex's mom is she it seems like she she's trying her best in the way that she thinks mm-hmm. is good and good for her kids but it's not great in the overall scheme of like how to parent or be a good person it's just like she she thinks she's doing what's right uh-huh. but it's kind of failing yeah she's like telling alex like to basically like okay don't show off in class like don't do this like mm-hmm. don't do these kinds of things because she's like try you can tell she thinks she's protecting Alex from like the disappointment I think that she yeah. felt mm-hmm. and saw and like the pain that she's gone through but what it ends up doing is exactly what you said it it causes the same kind of harm yeah to Alex because she's like why are you not standing up for me like why are you not saying anything like mm-hmm. apparently you were really smart like you are really smart you do all these mathematical equations for all this these fucking knots right and yet when I get told that I'm really smart, you just are like, yeah, you're going to have to, like... Make the boys hide. not feel dumb. Yeah, you're yeah. going to have to hide it. Yeah. Which is... Sucky. Yeah, super shitty. Because you can... I feel bad for Alex's mom. Like, she's got so much to her where you're like, you're right. She's trying so hard. Mm-hmm. But she just has no tools to do better. And not a whole lot of support. And I think the only, like... Well, maybe there's more than one. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Aunt Marlo. Like, Aunt Marlo mm-hmm. is very much, like, a her own person. And then eventually we get to the librarian um, who comes in later. But, like, yeah. other than that, it's, like, the community and the U.S. as a whole is, like, all in it together. We're all going to be, like, businessmen. And the wives are at home doing the things and making dinner mm-hmm. for the babies and making babies. And yeah. that's just the culture that they were in. And it's hard to 
break free of that and be different than the norm. Yeah. And I think that like, even though Aunt Marla was a good support system for Alex's mom, that she was also simultaneously like being hurtful, like by like kind of punching Alex's mom in the face repeatedly with like, this is what your old life was. This is what your old life was. Mm. The like Alex's mom is like, you're not acknowledging the shit that I had to go through mm-hmm. and that I'm currently dealing with. You're right. just telling me like all this other shit that I couldn't have. Yeah. Like I wanted it and I did my best and I tried hard and they fucking took it from me. Mm. So rubbing it in my face over mm. and over again is like, what do you, what the fuck do you want like, me to do? Like when she's like bringing it up at dinner, when she was like, Alex, your mom was such a like this and that. And like, she was so amazing and like kind of, Mm-hmm. almost okay i didn't get that but i see, i totally see where you're coming from now yeah because yeah. i can see like the mom was simultaneously like i don't want to have a fucking fight with my husband who's like right. obviously gonna flip out right yeah and then also like at least if i was in that position like having to be like i was the smartest in my class i was a fucking genius mm-hmm. they wouldn't let me go to grad school they mm-hmm. wouldn't let me do it yeah. i became a fucking secretary yeah and then i ended up falling for a man that i thought I loved Mm -hmm. and then he married me and now I can't go do anything else because I can't have my own card I can't have my own money Mm -hmm. and what the fuck am I supposed to do now yeah and then being like shoved in your face like you were so smart like yeah I am still fucking smart but what do you want me to do like they're not going to give me anything Mm -hmm. um stuck between a rock and a hard place yeah and so I think that's that simultaneous like deep love from Aunt Marla Mm -hmm. but the also the like resentment part of it that's a good point that at least that's how I felt. That's a really good point. Um, but we learned that Alex is just as smart as her mom um, and that she kind of spends a lot of time in the library um, because there's a little girl there <gasps> named Sonia. Sonia! Who is raised by her grandparents mm-hmm. because of something happened to her mom and her dad. I wonder what happened. I wonder what it could be. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not dragons. And Sonia's grandparents are, like, these quirky, like, Norwegian, like, artsy people. Yeah, they're freaking cool, man. They're so cool. They have, like, a little house, and I love how it's described. They, like, move in and, like, paint everything, like, (laughs) with, like, little woodland scenes and, like, little, like, fairies, and um, everything is very colorful and, like, plants and, like, just very alive. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, like, it's where you want to, like, be and hang out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Sorry, go ahead. You were talking about Sonia. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, yeah, so Sonia. And I think part partially, Alex loves being around Sonia because Sonia, I think, gives her this space to be like open and talk and Sonia's family is very open and loving because of all of the like you know it's very clear with their paintings and they're Mm -hmm. happy to have her over and they're happy that she's there Mm -hmm. and I think Alex lives a very like closed off uh dark quiet sort of life in her home but also Alex just love Sonia like mm-hmm. she loves her yeah um so we learned that Alex is um gay yep. or bi or but she loves Sonia and she mm-hmm. feels like she, and I love how Kelly Barnhill does it like describing like as a little kid being mm-hmm. like she's my friend and I love her as my friend but I also feel something more yeah for them yeah she like doesn't know how to say it in words but mm-hmm. you can tell by the way that she like talks about her and kind of idolizes her and like wants to be around her all the time that it's it's definitely like a crush yeah yeah little cute little infatuation crush yep and in her um learning that she loves sonia we learned that aunt marla 
mm-hmm. was also gay. Yep. And had, um, you know, multiple girlfriends um, throughout her life. And she, before she dragons, she ends up giving like a box mm-hmm. to Alex that's like, this will answer your questions or answer questions. Um, open whenever you want. Mm-hmm. And... Alex at some point opens it. We don't really know yet, but we do know kind of what's inside. Yeah. And that there are pictures with Aunt Marla with um, several women. Yep. And then there's a couple like love letters from mm-hmm. these women. Um, mm-hmm. And that we kind of see that like Aunt Marla kind of like knew about Alex and yeah. was like, I'm going to give you something that will hopefully help you if you want mm-hmm. down the line. And I think there's even... Um, was it a picture or I can't remember what it was. There was, I think it was a picture and like it had the name of Professor Gantz on it. So the one who we mm. keep seeing these excerpts from like throughout the book, he is also in this like packet of things that she gives her. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's like her way of being like, here's some information for you that you might, yeah, w- wink, wink. She was like <laughs> winking really hard at me. <laughs> Like, one, maybe help with your, like, discovering of your sexuality, you know, Mm -hmm. with her, you know, love letters and correspondence with some of these women. I think Edith is kind of the main one we uh, get to see. And then the other part, I think, is, like, a lot of, like, dragoning stuff. So she's, like, slyly being like, here's stuff that you probably need to know. And it definitely seems like Aunt Marla, like, super... I mean, I guess it seems like it is kind of sort of proof that like Aunt Marla knew about dragoning. Oh, yeah. And like was very aware of what it was. Yeah. Um, And I have some thoughts about that that I'll say at the end when we go over like our thoughts. Okay, cool. um, And then also while we're learning more about Alex, we learn a little bit more about her mom that she becomes like gardening obsessed yeah, girl. Like, this woman has, like, a fucking green thumb to the nine. She's Get out there garden. be like, pso, pso, pso. Yeah. And it's, like, the way that Kelly Barnhill describes this garden, it feels massive. Yes. Because she's just describing these, like, vines and, like, peas and lettuce and all these things that she's growing and, like, digging through the dirt and the soil and, like, making things come alive. And it just, it, it starts to feel, like, magical in the way that Sonia's grandparents' place, like, yes. was magical and, like, big and, uh, I don't know. Um, I'm, I was obsessed when Alex's mom starts gardening and kind of started neglecting like the indoor housework you know it it feels kind of like a almost like a fuck you like like a minimal fuck you to the patriarchy i'm not gonna do like my cleaning and chores inside i'm gonna get dirty and weird in the garden yeah exactly (laughs) that's such a good point yeah i totally didn't even like pick up that she like neglected the house stuff Mm -hmm. i but yeah you're right the imagery was like a jungle of fucking garden Mm -hmm. like when you're a kid and you're like walking through and it's just like it just felt like you're right like larger than life and so colorful and bright and that everything is held up by alex's mom's knots and Mm -hmm. she has books upon books filled with equations on how to make better tighter knots yeah and i think something that's cool is that as the garden gets like bigger and more expansive over time alex's mom gets like smaller 
Like oh, she keeps yeah. repeating over and over again how like as she looks back, like her mom is getting like thinner and smaller and right, smaller and right. smaller. And that everyone's like, Oh my god, you're so thin and she's Oh like, yeah, that's so gross. I'm literally fading away. <laughs> no, yeah. And that that's a good that's a good point. Like I, I remember at one point reading that and being like, Ew, like it, it's it seems again like one of those archaic things to praise someone for being like so thin and frail mm-hmm. and like little do you know that she's like actually ill and suffering and it's not healthy for her to be that small and skinny like that's what a awful thing to praise yeah yeah and that it happens so often that like yeah you're like oh you're thin and it's like okay well one why are you praising like thin like why is thinness better right and then being like you don't even know what's going on that so often someone could be like what you said like yeah. ill or something's going on mm-hmm. and it's not healthy or good for them but when they're right but yeah so um and we also learned that alex and bia are constantly being given little knotted bracelets mm-hmm. that when they wake up in the morning are completely <laughs> undone mm-hmm. and most of the knots that her mom does are completely undone and mm-hmm. then she spends like most of the next day redoing all the knotting everything and i think this is a really good place because i want to bring this excerpt up because i absolutely love this excerpt um it was the one where it was like a study of an island? Yes. Okay, I'm so excited. Um, yes. So I'm just going to read my notes. So basically an island uh, where knots were used for all kinds of things. So they had knots to improve the fishing, protect the fishing boats. They had knots for like fertility and love and all, just all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. And on this island, it was like accepted that the girls or some girls would become water dragons. And that was just like part of their culture. And so the girls would um, go off into the water And they would end up, like, protecting the island Mm -hmm. that was, like, just kind of part of the cycle of life there. And there was a young man on this island who falls in love with this girl. And it's clear that this girl is going to become a water dragon, like her sister did or something. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, it's the path that she's going to be on. And this young man, like, cannot stand the idea of not being with this woman. So he begs the, like, island priest to make a knot that will... prevent her from becoming a dragon and make her stay on the land so Mm -hmm. um so the priest does that and it works um and eventually like basically all the men start wanting these knots for their women Mm -hmm. um and then they start wanting other knots for things like discipline being quiet obedient and docile being docile which was just infuriating um and Eventually, there none of the girls ever became dragons on this island. Uh-huh. So therefore, there were no dragons to protect the island. Um, and it ended up that their village was raided. Almost everybody was killed. Um, the priest had like a last entry in his like journal. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read it. Um, it was like the last sentence of his last entry. It said, uh, May my last sorrowful breath be a testament to my wrongs against you and to the terrible audacity of men. And he's kind of like saying that he, how he should have never made these knots that prevented women from like basically becoming what they were supposed to become and yeah. like trapping them on the island to serve the men and how terrible it was to do that. Yeah. And that was just such a like crazy but cool piece of lore it was book it was beautiful yeah it was so so cool and you kind of learn that at least this is what i suspect and i think is like heavily hinted is that 
Alex's mom is constantly making these knots mm-hmm. to hold her family together. Yep. And that she gave one to Marla to mm-hmm. keep her from dragoning. Yeah. And Aunt Marla removes it yep. to become a dragon. Um, Alex's mom is always wearing one. She always is putting one on Alex and Bea. Every knot that she's making, mm-hmm. in my opinion, is probably to like hold her life yep. so that it doesn't crumble. Yeah. and like Or like her, you know... And Alex keeps asking, what are these for? Why do I have to wear them? What's the big deal? And her mom's just like, that's too bad. You have to wear them. Just think of it as like a a really beautiful knot to show my love for you. Or she comes up with all these things, mm-hmm. but and without really saying like, it's basically because I don't want you to become a dragon and fly away. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's beautiful. The imagery of like the knot and that like, the knots were originally for something so beautiful, like, mm-hmm. you know, for magic, for protection and like keeping, you know, people safe and for abundance. Mm-hmm. And then they become something that like traps, but then it's also used by her mom to both mm. like love trap and them trap. and, and mm. love them. Yeah. So, oh, so many complicated interweavings. <laughs> um, but while, so the basically the chapter the or the like this set of chapter ends in um at least this is kind of where my brain feels like it ends is um Alex and Sonia are playing and mm-hmm. they are raking up leaves mm-hmm. and then they run back to Alex's house to rake up their leaves mm-hmm. and i remember doing this as a kid like shoveling <laughs> your friend's driveway and then like running up to your driveway and then Aww. being like we're going to shovel this driveway now oh to grow up in a place that had leaves to rake <laughs> california was not one of those places that's true we never sorry this is going to be a sidebar but California like doesn't understand seasons like I don't think I fully understood what a season was until I moved up to Oregon where like they're very pronounced like in the fall the leaves actually turn and fall off the trees in California it's like no we're just slightly less sunny and hot (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like in Texas like where my parents live now it's Mm -hmm. the same kind of thing but yeah in Colorado the leaves would fall and then you'd have all the snow how fun and we would shovel and then run and then shovel the other kids house <laughs> which is like way to go parents for convincing us to like do that it was fun to it was do fun that. to shovel our fucking driveway go find a friend and go rake some leaves guys yeah and you're like okay <laughs> Um, but so they're raking leaves and then they like, oh, I loved the description of this scene where they mm-hmm. jump in and it's this mass of like color and dust and the smell of leaves and your friend and then her and Sonia end up like kissing mm-hmm. and Alex's dad like violently grabs Sonia yeah. and takes her home yeah. and basically forces Sonia's family because he works at a bank yeah and he forces Sonia's family to leave and Mm -hmm. Alex realizes when she goes and tries to find her Mm -hmm. and sees that on the like for sale sign or for rent it has her dad's bank yeah and her mom is just kind of like that's yep that was yeah she I think she says like it was probably for the better or something to that effect which Mm -hmm. is like sad but I think it's one of those Things where she's, again, trying to protect her. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think the mom is kind of like... And, it, you know, she probably knew it about Marla, too. And yeah. being like, you know, at that time period and, you know, anything that, like, if you're different than what people consider the normal, like, mm-hmm. she's like, your life is going to be really hard. So it's just probably for the best that you just have this yeah. torn away from you now and you learn and you just Deal with go it. about yeah. with how society tells you you should be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... 
Yeah, which was so heartbreaking. <laughs> yeah, that was really that was really sad. It hurt, it hurt. Yeah, and then like there's descriptions of how the grandparents' house, which was once like magical and lively and colorful, mm-hmm. is now has been like painted all back to white and she like even goes as far to say it was like painted poorly like and it just was so bland and awful and i'm just like that is yeah yeah it's really sad um so that's kind of where we leave off yes it is um do you have any um like thoughts on themes um thoughts in general um favorite quotes predictions yeah and i think we've touched on a few of these i'll just Mm kind of like go through the few bullet points that i have um i think one of the big things is just how awful some adults can be to children like in terms of like not explaining things to them and just completely being like this is the way it is and you will accept this and i'm not gonna spend another breath trying to tell you why or how or the relevance of any of this you're just gonna have to deal with it like what a terrible way to grow up and not understand anything and just because i said so the because i said so and it's like that is so i mean i think we know that now is not the way that you Mm -hmm. interact with children or anyone yeah Um, and that was yeah i just i hated that um and I, very obvious, the, like, suppression of girls and women and, like, the really hard, steadfast gender roles um, that uh, were more, were very intense for the time period in this book. But I think a lot of it is still relevant today. Yeah. Um, and da, 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 let's see. And then I have predictions, but those are kind of, like, the main themes that I um wanted to talk about do you have any other things to add to that um yeah i think the th- you hit on my themes that i was like silence the belittlement mm-hmm. of women um that this has happened like frequently throughout history that it's almost kind of like a cyclical nature where it's like hyper suppression and then a bunch of dragoning and then hyper suppression and then a bunch of dragoning yeah um and then a bunch of like mass forgetting yeah which i think is like very uh real to what the u.s tends to like to do with history you know mm-hmm. or like do stupid white supremacist things and then kind of make it seem like better than it actually was or like no it wasn't that bad or yeah yeah or do one good thing and then be mm-hmm. like okay it's done it's all good now yeah like we're just gonna forget everything that bad happened because that one good thing happened right the like well i voted for obama like kind of like syndrome like the just saying that and being Mm -hmm. like oh well i'm okay now Mm -hmm. um yeah i agree um and then i had a couple like quotes just like this book is one of those books that um it's kind of like all the light we cannot see for me that there was some like parts that her writing just hit so hard Mm -hmm. that you i like needed to take a break (laughs) to like think about it because it was so good yeah um so if it's okay i'm just gonna kind of read off a couple absolutely yes um so on page 31 do 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 flipping through um 
She goes, um, Mrs. Norbert Donahue, the wife of one of my colleagues. I had originally known her by her maiden name years earlier, as she was one of my residents at John Hopkins University Hospital, where she went by Dr. Edna Wood. Shortly after her training, she left the practice of medicine to marry and have her children, and thus left her title behind. And what I was fascinated by is that Mrs. Norbert Donahue, she went by Dr. Edna Wood. She, when she got married, she lost her entire fucking name. Mm. She didn't lose her title. Mm-hmm. She lost her entire name she was no longer edna wood she was mrs norbert donahue oh my god not even mrs edna donahue right and i remember my mom telling me that when she got married Mm -hmm. everyone in her family was like oh mrs tim cody and she was like i am Uh not mrs tim cody yeah like fuck you that's not my name she's like i am i am don i am my own person right um and i just remember my mom telling me that and it just stuck with me and then seeing this and being so clear and he just says and then she left her title behind and it was like are you Uh no she didn't she left her entire identity behind yep when she got married mm-hmm. um which just i thought that that was really really good and then on page 32 um he says um the activity was not entirely fruitful unfortunately i asked the subject to provide a narrative of her experience paying close attention to the sensations in the area surrounding the womb as <laughs> that at the time was my primary focus as the catalyst for such transformations though later data revealed the flaw in this hypothesis and i literally wrote bitches always be blaming the womb yes like there's a dollop got- <laughs> episode about history and like how women weren't allowed to ride on bicycles because it would explode their womb. We couldn't ride oh on God. cars at first oh because God. it would explode our wombs. Like or, or like back. I, I, yeah, I'm sure this still happens, but it's like, oh, you have a headache. It must be female problems, and you're just like, I'm sorry, what? No, these are m- like migraines. Like this, no, what? <laughs> this is all yeah. somehow fucking related to the womb, and you're like, nope. <laughs> oh but i just was laughing i was like bitches always be like everything that's ever wrong with a woman or like yeah a way to like well you can't put her on a plane because who knows what'll happen to the womb are you fucking kidding me <laughs> those women be so unstable oh good lord um just was so um um and then page 54 whoop ah, there it is um Oh, when she was talking about, like, what she was given by her aunt, the book, mm-hmm. or the things. Yep. Um, my aunt's treasures stayed where they were, unread, untouched, unmentioned. It wasn't my first secret, and it wasn't my last, but it was my biggest secret. It still is. Mm-hmm. Just was like, mm-hmm. damn, that hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, it hit so good. Um, and then, um, oh, this one. This one, like, kind of made me cry. Um, where she's talking about all the dragoning and then no babies or children were devoured, though the televangelists claimed and still claim otherwise. However, more than 6,000 husbands did find themselves swallowed and another 18,000 or so suffered severe burns after their offices built office buildings burned down. Also among the dead, 552 obstetricians, more than 6,000 pastors, ministers, rabbis, imams, and priests of various denominations, several score of youth workers, 27 entire parent-teacher associations across nine states, and dozens of office managers, factory foremen, politicians, and police detectives. This is how it became obvious that dragons are bulletproof, not to mention a good sum of retired teachers and school counselors." I I remember reading that too and being like, holy shit. Like these are the specific groups of people that these dragons were, had anger or Mm -hmm. rage or fury, you know, towards. And I think that's very real that we hear that a lot with like 
oftentimes people in places of power, like um, people in the church or mm-hmm. people abusing their like politician uh, status or their teacher status to yeah. take advantage of women or whoever it is and yeah. how shitty that is. Yeah, it just was like that list of being like just all the types of people who like mm-hmm. cause harm yep. to people. Um, I just thought that was incredible like incredibly powerful and then mm-hmm. all, one of my last ones because this wasn't one of these things that just like the second i read it i was like what <laughs> the fuck um it's like the very first page and it goes you told me on my wedding day that i was marrying a hard man whom i sh- shall have the pleasure to sweeten it is a good woman you said who brings out the goodness in a man um and then she kind of goes on and she goes but there were no babies were there my husband's beating saw to that and now i shall see to him tooth and claw Ooh, i just got the chills oh and i just fucking love that because so often women are told like oh you'll make this shitty man better Mm -hmm. like how great will you feel when you take this shitty man and make him better right and it's like the whole like women are here to fix things and you're like no fuck just be a good person yeah how about you don't fucking suck yeah why is this my problem (laughs) yeah Oh, I just loved that, that she was That like, was like the opening of the book, too. That yeah, was that first whole fucking page. Yeah, I know. I was like, oh, this slaps. Yeah. And that she was like, oh, that lie, and that lie became evident on our very first night together. Mm-hmm. My husband was not a good man, mm-hmm. and nothing would have ever made him so. I married a man who was petulant, volatile, weak-willed, and morally vile. Mm-hmm. You knew this, and yet you whispered matronly secrets into my ear and told me that the pain would be worth the babies that I would bring to you one day. Ugh. And then she goes, but there were no babies yeah. where they were my husband's beating saw yeah. that. Ugh. Just so, oh my God. And just the writing, she goes on. And um, I also love the part where she describes the drag queens who turn into dragons. Oh, yeah. And I was like, I love that she added in that like being a woman uh-huh. is not biological. Yep. It is mm-hmm. It is more than that. So yep. like even these people who are not like biologically women, yep. like drag queens who experience that same kind of like discrimination mm-hmm. and then some right like also turned into dragons and then right. i loved how she was like and everyone thought it was amazing like thought it was like a costume and just enjoyed right. it right right oh my god oh my god but yeah so i just no those I were just, those were amazing them. quotes they're good um do we have any predictions i had a prediction when we were talking and i was like <laughs> oh i have a prediction about this and i literally forgot what it was okay that's if it comes back to you we can we, we can revisit <laughs> I what don't, are your predictions i i don't have any like uh, outstanding predictions i i think it's maybe clear maybe not i don't know maybe i'm making this up <laughs> um I feel like someone is going to dragon, either Alex or Bia or some someone mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. close to us um, in the book will will dragon at some point, which I don't think is earth shattering. And then um, I think Aunt Marla will come back. Ooh, because the dragons like they dragon and then they go off. And then mm-hmm. they're just kind of like, mm, who knows what they do? But yeah. I, but I, they're not like gone. They're not like dead. They're not like yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I feel like Aunt Marla is going to come back in this story. I love point. that. Oh, cool. I love that because I think it kind of, I, I remembered my prediction. Oh, yay. Um, I think Alex's mom dragoned uh-huh. and oh. then came back. I think that's what all the scars and the burning was. Oh, yeah. Like earlier. Yeah. Mm, so I okay. think that's what happened to her is mm-hmm. she dragoned. And then. And came back. Whoa. And Aunt Marla took care of her. Uh-huh. And then 
I had suspicions with the like burns and the scars, but I was like, I don't know what's going on. So, just yeah, just yeah. to predict. I'm not sure if that's exactly what it was, but that's just. I could see that totally. But I love the idea that like Aunt Marla also would come back. Hell yeah! Because she was so strong to hold that, off her dragoning anyway. So she yeah. seems like she is like. I feel like over she's it. gonna like she like dragon to go do some cool dragon stuff and like become this like awesome dragon lady and then yeah. she's gonna come back and share all her like awesome dragon lady secrets i don't know Ooh, <laughs> that's like my hope i love it cool i love it yay um i think it's safe to say that we are both thrilled with the book so far yes i'm obsessed yeah me it's too. fucking stunning yeah if nothing else is one of the most beautifully written books i've ever read <laughs> agreed like every page i'm just like something in there is like highlightable Uh Mm uh-huh like just sticks with you yeah i don't at least for me i don't think it's a particularly fast read like i'm not blazing through it yeah but it is like it is like the most decadent piece of cake yeah like you're not scarfing it down Uh it's just every bite is like rich and colorful and delicious and you like want to take time with it girl (laughs) i love this metaphor (laughs) that was so good Thank you. The look on your face made me feel like such pride. I was like, what? Because I was just like, yes. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly how it feels. I just agree. Bitches be stay hitting this damn mic. I hit this thing all the time. It's all good. It's all good. (sighs) Tia just punched the mic. Again. uh, (laughs) If you somehow missed that. (laughs) Tia stay punching mics. Um, But I guess that's that's it that's yeah that's the first chunk of the book and um i know we still have to do our fuck yous and fuck yeahs mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. um we will do the second installation which is i believe pages 117 um to 223 yes. or um if you like chapters that's chapter 18 up to 29 yes so that is the next installation of our reading Yes, you're so excited. Should we do our fuck yes and fuck yous before we sign off? Uh, yeah, that sounds good. What's uh, your what's your fuck you this week? I'm a, I'm I'm curious if we're gonna have the same ones. Um, I think I know what yours is gonna be, so I might have chosen a different one. Oh, because I think I might know what yours is. Oh, okay. So go ahead. Well, I was okay. <laughs> anyways, so um, and my fuck you was very much tied to my fuck yeah my fuck you is just like kind of how difficult and hard it is to like say goodbye to people who are really important to you mm-hmm. and i know that you very much understand this i don't tear oh i thought you were oh no <laughs> you're scratching I, I, your I eye do, i was scratching my eye but i yes uh, imaginary tears. tears um we had two of our bestest friends um Bobby and Marissa uh, off to a new adventure on the East Coast. So we had a wonderful barbecue with them last night, but we had to say goodbye and it was very sad. So um, the fuck yeah, we'll have like a lot nicer things to say about that. But it was, yeah, it was just hard to say goodbye to people that are really important to you and that you love and like want to have close to you. And yeah, Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. And we said this a lot last night that like, it's so hard to say goodbye while simultaneously being like, I'm so excited for your next chapter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. My my fuck you is definitely, like, is that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, because I thought that you would say that and we would d- talk about that. My, mm-hmm. my secondary fuck you is um, a fuck you to um, adjusting to birth control. Mm. Or just, like, adjusting to meds in general. Yeah. Um, I'm having a little bit of a rough, 
rough go of it right now. Oh, but I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, it's nice to know that like there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I can be like, well, you know, I'm adjusting to my meds and I can't really do anything about it. It's about just it. the way it is. Just keep trekking along. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so a fuck you to having to say goodbye and yeah. uh, to adjusting to birth control. <laughs> and then... Uh, Which I feel like a lot of women can uh, can, uh, can get I, on board I with. I think it's an They're, apt fuck you. All, all women who are listening are like, yeah, fuck birth control. <laughs> it yes. made me angry and fat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's like... The like mm. insomnia is real. Oh, I didn't even know that would as, as a side effect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kicking my fucking yet, ass. Yet when it's like... When we... I, I don't know if this is true anymore. I feel like I heard this at some point. And don't I don't, don't take anything I say seriously, I guess. Don't add us. Yeah, no, I'm totally wrong. I'm not a doctor, okay? Um, like, men's... I Maybe I just, like, read something about, like, how if, like, men's birth control had, like, the like if you listed oh, out yeah, all the side uh-huh. effects that women have for their birth control, and you were to do that on, like, a men's version of birth control, we would be like, oh, no, 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 we can't give that to the men, because that's just too tough for them. That's too hard. That's, like, literally why we don't have men's birth control, <laughs> is because, like, they were like, there's a lot of side effects. Yeah. Okay, that, okay that's, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah. No, you're exactly mm-hmm. right. And they're like, no, there's a lot of side effects, but for women, they're like, hey, there's a lot of side effects, and they're like, shut the fuck up, Diane. Yeah, you're like, just suck it up if you don't want periods gross yeah yeah (laughs) that's fucking rude (laughs) but uh what's your fuck yeah um fuck yeah in relation to my fuck you is that like i'm just so excited for our friends to like go do like really cool stuff and explore well new city for one of them um and for the other it's going home to be closer Uh to family and i just i know how important that is i'm very excited for them to you know start their new life and they're gonna get new jobs in a really cool area and it's just i don't know i'm just like I'm just feeling so proud. I'm so proud of them. <laughs> so that's my that's my fuck yeah. It's just being like like cheering on our friends um, mm-hmm. who are doing really cool things. I am smiling like a fucking idiot over here because <laughs> yes, my fuck yeah is pretty much the same thing. Is a fuck yeah to watching your friends like fucking achieve yeah. and like fucking mm-hmm. go for shit. Mm-hmm. Like you know, watching you and Aaron this year like go for shit and like even if like a thing didn't work out, mm-hmm. like you guys. Are fucking trying like watching robert go out and like fucking put pedal to the metal Mm -hmm. like it's just so cool watching your friends and the people you love fucking just go for it and also just in the same vein like a fuck yeah to just friendships that are a whole other level Mm -hmm. of friendship yeah yeah where you can be like so sad to lose someone close to you but you can also at the same time like know that it's best for them and mm-hmm. cheer them on and like support them in the way that they need it yeah so and i think we've had this fuck yeah before but a fuck yeah to found family mm. that's like yeah. chosen family that mm-hmm. you it's just a whole nother level and totally. i love it totally well I think that's it. And to be honest, it's getting really hot in our tiny shed. It is. I'm I, I, I'm sweating so yes. bad purely because it is way too hot in here. My lower back <laughs> be sweaty. My hands are sweaty. It's just I'm just a sweaty mess. So on that note, um, join us for our next episode. Uh, we are again doing pages 117 to 223 or chapter 18 up to 29. Mm-hmm. And don't forget your bookmark and to lock the shed behind you. Bye.